1: From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Mina Kim. Coming up on Forum, the Food and Drug Administration has permanently lifted restrictions on mailing abortion pills to patients. We look at the impact of the FDA's move. Then in her celebrated 1999 essay collection, Remembered Rapture, about writing, Bell Hooks insisted that no Black woman writer in this culture can write too much. Hooks, who died Wednesday, published more than 30 books, including Ain't I a Woman? and All About Love. Her writing was foundational in shaping Black feminist thought and widening the feminist worldview beyond white middle-class identity. We reflect on Hook's life and work. Join us. This is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. The FDA yesterday permanently changed two requirements related to medications used for abortion. The move will likely expand how widely the pills are used nationwide and spark further legal battles. As always, you can share your reactions to the FDA's move or questions by posting them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or emailing forum at kqed.org. Joining me now is Sandhya Rahman, healthcare reporter for Roll Call. Sandhya, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks so much for having me today. So tell us, what did the FDA decide yesterday? You've explained that the FDA will make two key changes. What are they?
2: So medication abortions uh, are treated a little bit differently than a lot of different types of medications that you can get. Um, Currently, uh, you have to go to a special type of provider that has gone through different Um, kind of restrictions and loopholes, and kind of they have to give you the drug there rather than go to a pharmacy like CVS, Walgreens, that kind of thing. And the change yesterday would make it a little bit easier for someone kind of of get that drug. Um, They would make it so that you might not have to go in person to kind of get that um, drug from your provider and make it so that it would be easier to get from certain certified pharmacies.
1: So can you explain what a medication abortion is for people who might not be familiar?
2: So there are two types of abortions. There's the surgical abortion, which you might think of where you'd go in for a a procedure. And a medication abortion is a kind of a two-pill cocktail where you would take mifepristone, which is the drug that they've made changes to yesterday through the FDA, And misopristol, which is a drug you would take 24 to 48 hours later, and kind of the combination of you taking that cocktail is what's going to cause the abortion for someone that's pretty early on in their pregnancy.
1: So help us understand then, how significant is this decision by the FDA if women no longer have to receive these drugs in person to induce the abortion?
2: So there have been a few changes during the pandemic. Um, Last year, the ACLU kind of came forward and was like, hey, uh, there are a lot of restrictions in place during going to places in person. So they had temporarily kind of made it so that you can get some of these drugs a little bit more easily. And I think that what happened yesterday was making it broader so that this is a kind of a permanent decision.
1: So it's something that we had started to operate under already over the course of the pandemic. But this- as you say, does make it permanent. Now, we know that a lot of states have restrictions on mifepristone, on misoprostol. Does this in any way override those restrictions? This so move by yes. the FDA, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it kind of depends where you do live in the country because it does open it up um, to make the drug a little easier to get, especially if you might not live super close to a clinic that might be able to provide it to you. This kind of opens it up that, you know, um, uh, a pharmacy that has certified that might be able to mail it to you. You might be able to do a telehealth visit and get the drug prescribed. But a number of states, about 32 right now, have some restrictions on the drug already. And that has kind of been growing due to anti-abortion groups in different states that are trying to push back Um, And add more restrictions on medication abortion. So if you live somewhere where there are kind of blocks on doing this, um, you know, through a telehealth situation, it's a little bit trickier, but um, it will open it up for a lot of states in the country. Talk
1: about what you mean by a telehealth situation.
2: So it's uh, if you might be doing kind of a video chat or an audio chat with your doctor, and kind of walking through what your symptoms might be. And for this, you might be say, um, saying, "Hey, I've taken a pregnancy test at home. This is when I think I might, um, I might have gotten pregnant." And then then prescribing based on that that here is um, a medication abortion for you to take if you don't want to go forward with your pregnancy.
1: And basically, as you were saying, states are enforcing these telehealth bans as well. Yeah. So while it doesn't sound like the FDA's move could override some of these things, do you think it will become more difficult for states to enforce some of these, given the FDA's posture now, its stated posture?
2: I think it really opens the door for a lot more changes. I mean, just recently, a few weeks ago, we saw Texas, which has been, you know, in the news a lot for some of the changes there and cracking down on um, abortion access, where they have actually limited the window for when you can do a medication abortion. So I think the states are already kind of, you know, watching what's happening and kind of working with that um, to see what will really happen next.
1: We're talking with Sandhya Raman, healthcare reporter for Roll Call, about the FDA's decision to lift restrictions on mailing abortion drugs. And you can join us with your questions or comments. 866 733 6786. Get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum. You can email us forum at kqed.org if you have thoughts or reactions to this move by the FDA. So let's talk about. Thoughts and reactions to this move by the FDA. As we know, SCOTUS is weighing abortion rights and is widely viewed, and by SCOTUS I should say the Supreme Court of the United States, and widely viewed based on their decision to allow a six-week abortion ban in Texas to stay in effect during legal challenges uh, because of a recent hearing over Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban, that the court is widely viewed to be considering dramatically lifting Uh, dramatically limiting abortion rights, if not overturning the right to an abortion. So what role do you think the FDA's move plays um, in this kind of climate with the Supreme Court being as it is?
2: Well, the FDA is going to, this kind of affects the the early um, abortion. So a medication abortion is something that you would take if you're pursuing an abortion within the first 10 weeks and um, I think some of the worry is also with some of the the length of time that you know you can you can have an abortion. So um, if we see the Supreme Court kind of rule and um, you know limit what is currently allowed under Roe versus Wade, which you know gave people a right to have an abortion um, nationwide, um, it's it's tricky to kind of say because there are. Um, states where you know even with this change, abortion access might be a lot easier to have than um, other states, which might crack down a little bit more, given um, if they're able to kind of put more laws into place.
1: What's been the reaction from abortion opponents, abortion rights opponents, to this move?
2: They have been um, kind of really pushing back for this to kind of happen. So, mifepristone has been around since 2000 when the FDA. Um, gave it the clear to be kind of prescribed. And um, a lot of them have worried that if um, a woman is not able to go in um, and do all of this in person, kind of be monitored, that there might be additional kind of safety risks, um, which is something that they have been kind of, you know, writing to the FDA on and kind of messaging on, putting on ads and that kind of thing. And I think that's been a big concern for them, as well as just, you um, You know, this really does expand access and for people that are trying to limit access to abortion and just kind of message on that, It's, it's a big step in the opposite direction for them.
3: Well, let me go to caller Deborah in
1: San Francisco. Hi, Deborah.
3: Hi. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, exactly what was just brought up. Um, I think that there are safety concerns with the abortion pill, and women need access to quality medical care and monitoring. I don't know that a telehealth visit could really cover it. I mean, maybe most of the time, but then there are those, those rare cases where it doesn't work out. And, you know, a friend of mine, she almost died. It was like she seemed like she was fine until she wasn't, and then it was time to rush to the hospital. And she lived in a remote
2: rural area, so but it was scary.
3: Deborah, thanks, Sandia. What do you think
1: about what Deborah is saying here?
2: I think that you know is something that we've heard from people that you know sometimes um, with any drug there are some safety concerns, but I think those on the other side have really pushed that you know these kind of complications are are very very rare um, and compared to other. Drugs, you know, that are commonly taken over the counter. This has fewer um, kind of side effects um, so that they've kind of been pushing for that. Um, And obviously, you know, there's a risk with any drug um, that you may see side effects. um, And in that case, you always should follow up with your provider, regardless of what medication that you've been given.
1: Deborah used the term "rare," and, and in her case, her friend had a serious side effect. What do we know about the frequency of significantly adverse effects like this? I think you cited a study by UC San Francisco.
2: Yeah, they have done a lot of research on this, um, and when they had looked through kind of ones in the different UC system that were Medicaid alone, they found that the you know serious adverse events were about zero point three percent of all the medication abortions they looked at which is, it's very low. Um, but there is obviously, um, you know, more research that could be done anywhere um, to kind of see, you know, different um, safety concerns.
1: Well, Paul writes regarding Texas, if the prescription is made, filled and sent from outside Texas, I don't think the state has any right to interfere with interstate commerce and interfering with the U.S. mail
2: is a crime. What do you think about that, Sandia? So that um, is a good question. It does make it a little bit more complicated because, you know, if you were kind of looking for this through your insurance, not everyone has insurance that um, works across state lines. If you are under kind of a government plan, you know, if you have Medicaid um, that also might make it a little bit more difficult um, because most people traditionally would be getting their care from within the state. Um, So it is something that, you know, can kind of be looked at if, There would be possible changes later on, but the way it stands in Texas, you would not be able to kind of um, get it mailed from another state like California.
1: And what are you hearing from abortion rights proponents, proponents of more abortion access about this move by the FDA?
2: They've really been, you know, talking about this as like a good step in the right direction for them that they really applauded kind of yesterday after the announcement that it would expand access and the pharmacies was, um, a big change from what is currently there. Um, but they've also said it kind of falls short of removing all of the restrictions on this drug, Mm. um. So a, a physician that might want to prescribe this to their patients still has to go through certification, kind of work with um, the manufacturer, get you know, a lot of paperwork done. And that might be a barrier for some um, medical providers that might not be able to do this, or their um, the facility they work might not allow them to do this. So there's still um, issues there. And they've also kind of pointed to the telehealth thing, as we've mentioned, um, if the state has a ban on telehealth, there are still kind of barriers to get a medication abortion, um, even if um, the FDA has made some changes.
1: So, still some restrictions in place. Well, Sandhya Raman, healthcare reporter for Roll Call, thank you so much for talking with us. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Stay with us, listeners. We'll be talking next about Bell Hooks, who died Wednesday at the age of 69. This is Forum. I'm Mina Kim.